perfect mess is my perfect mess. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Perfect Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Molina, and this is episode 100. <clears throat> you know, I uh, I contemplate uh, making this episode something big, and then I said, you know what, man? I'm just going to do podcasts when I feel like doing podcasts, and uh, if it's a big one, it's a big one. If it happens to fall on 100 or 200 or whatever the number is, then let's do it. But uh, I just got done doing a ruck, <clears throat> and like I always tell you guys, usually that's a time that I get to thinking, and um, and I start, uh, you know, getting ideas, and I kind of want to vent and whatnot and talk. Um, so this was one of those times I still got my uh, my weighted vest on, but um, let's talk about it. Creative gene, you know. I've been this 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 topic has been heavy on my mind a lot this over the last couple of weeks, especially over the last day or two, um, because I've just had so many things happen recently <clears throat> uh, that has just showed me that um, you know the competitive gene is just is not really something you can teach. Um, you either got to have it or you got to want it, and if you want it. I guess you could say it's teachable if you want it, um, but usually you just have it. Um, and you know, I remember when I was growing up. Uh, you know, we used to play in the street all the time, and I know guys my age always tell stories like this about when you know when they were growing up, how they used to, you know, be in the street all the time, playing till the till the street lights came on. Um, but let me let me get my shit off real quick. Um, I I remember you know being you know being young and where I grew up and playing in the street with uh, a lot of older kids, um, neighborhood kids. In my neighborhood, we had um, you know there was definitely kids that were my age, but we also had a bunch of older kids in my area, which meant that when it was time to go outside and play baseball or play football or or whatever the sport was we were playing. Um, the older kids were, were playing with us. Um, and what that taught us as young boys, and there were some girls out there, but mainly there was a, young, a lot of young boys was we had to toughen up quick because although there were some older kids who would kind of take it easy on us, the majority of them wouldn't. Um, and I don't necessarily, I don't remember us having any bullies in my area because I came from an area where if you were a bully, um, the guys in our area is bullied bullies. Um, I wasn't one of them. I was always a small guy, so I wasn't one of those guys. But uh, we had guys in our area that were bullies. They would bully other bullies, but they wouldn't bully smaller kids like myself. But anyways, my point is we used to play outside all the time, and um, we would play with older kids and rough house. And, you know, if we were playing baseball, they, would, they wouldn't take it easy on us. They would throw the ball hard. Um, and they would hit the ball hard, which mean we had to we had to field the ball. 
as hard as they hit it, we'd have to field it. <clears throat> and when it came to football, um, and I hope, you know, this doesn't offend anybody, but if it does, whatever, people get offended so much these days. Um, we used to play a game called Smear the Queer. And uh, for those of you guys in your 40s, you probably know exactly what game I'm talking about. Um, but basically, whoever had the football, uh, everybody would try to mop them up on the football field. And then they would pass the ball off, and the next guy who had it, you would tackle them or whatnot. Um, and we played that with older kids. We played that with kids that were much bigger than us. We played that with kids that were smaller than us. But, the, but the, my point is, we all played together. And, and even when we got hurt, you know, um, it wasn't like someone was intentionally trying to hurt us. And it wasn't like um, there wasn't an apology afterwards and whatnot. Uh, even if our parents got mad and said, hey, who hurt you? Uh, how'd you get hurt? And then they would even... Even if they were pissed off, they would confront the kid, and the kid would be like, my bad, I didn't mean to, and whatever. Even if the parents got to talking, guess what? A day or two later, we were back out there playing again. It's just what it was. Um, and what that did for me as a, as a young kid was it prepared me growing up to compete when it came to sports because I had already been competing in the streets with a bunch of other kids that were much older than me. Um, so when I started playing organized sports, it really didn't, it was kind of easy playing against kids that were my age and playing against kids who I didn't know who were maybe tougher than me. I was just used to it. Um, so I didn't really get my feelings hurt. In fact, um, I expected a lot more from people that were playing with me, whether it be, like I said, my main sports were football and baseball. Um, but I was always very um, outspoken. I just always wanted everybody to compete at a high level. I wanted people to um, to always give their, their best effort. And if I didn't feel like they were, I was very vocal about it. Um, on, on down to like my first year of baseball, man. I, you know, I think I shared this story before, but I, I can recall playing baseball when I was, <clears throat> gosh, I was nine going on 10. I didn't start playing baseball until I was nine years old because I didn't, we never had the money to get me in at T-ball or anything. So by the time we had money to get me into baseball, organized sports, I was nine going on 10. Um, and that was my first year. But I remember playing and just being, uh, you know, we had a bunch of kids on my team that were pretty good baseball players but then we had a couple that weren't really trying you know and I just remember going into the dugout and being like not yelling at anybody but being like yo come on man you guys gotta try you guys gotta try how come you guys aren't trying you guys gotta try harder this team's not that good and we're losing like I was doing that and I remember my coach pulling me aside telling me hey I like your intensity but let me do that. I'm the coach, okay? I don't need you doing that because you're just going to make your teammates mad. But that was me as a kid. Um, that's the same year. That was my first year of baseball that I got a concussion. My first concussion, uh, I got hit with a baseball sliding into first base. Uh, knocked. It actually knocked me out. I ended up in the hospital. I was in the hospital for about two weeks. I had to see an eye specialist uh, to check my vision. I had some torn tissue that I still have sinus problems to this day because of it. Uh, but I was out for two weeks, came back um, after a few games, got back on track and um, had a really good season and ended up winning um, uh, MVP 
trophy my first year in Little League, um, which was whatever. It's Little League, right? Um, that's not the point of getting the trophy. But the point is the competitive part, me getting injured and coming back. And man, even I can tell you, I remember this vividly. I remember coming back and I struck out probably four or five times my first two games, like combined in those two games. And I just remember being so frustrated and the coach saying, hey, you had a head injury. Your eye has been injured. Like you had a patch on your eye for two weeks. Your vision's not going to be there. Like you're probably not seeing the ball that great. And I didn't, I wasn't okay with that. I was like, no, I'm back. I'm playing. I should be able to hit the ball. <laughs> and eventually I got to it, you know, and I was okay. But that was my mentality, man. And I didn't have a dad around to teach me that. Um, you know, uh, my mom, you know, like I always tell you guys, my mom basically raised me along with my grandfather. But um, I, I didn't have anybody teaching me that. So that was just something I had in me from being little, always being the little one, always being, being the one who's trying to fight for position, fight for his respect and whatnot. And um, yeah, it just, it's just something that I had in me. And I expected that from everybody else. And what I realized was not everybody has it. They don't. Not everybody has that gene. Not everybody has that mentality. Honestly, sometimes people just want to play and that's it. They don't really don't care about winning. They don't care about uh, accolades. They don't care about any of that. I just kind of want to play. And that's fine too. But I think why I'm saying this in this episode is this. I, I notice more so now than ever that that gene is so hard to find in these kids nowadays. I have been coaching for a very long time now and the more and more I get deeper into coaching the more I see so many kids lack lack that competitive gene they don't have it uh in fact a lot of them when things get hard they buckle they they cave they they don't they don't handle the pressure very well and it's concerning to me it frustrates me because a lot of a lot of the kids that I see nowadays actually have the talent to be something great, but because they can't get past uh, this 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 bump in their road of of learning to compete and learning to have heart and learning to not give up when things go bad, it, it they they fail when they shouldn't fail when if they could dig deep and say, hey, man, you know, I made a mistake, but I'm back on it. I'm back on it. I don't see that a lot nowadays. You know, and I, you probably hear in the background, you hear, you know, a bunch of yelling, you probably hear some baseball and bat and whatnot. Um, my kids are, uh, they're at travel ball practice right here. And I just got done doing my ruck. So um, I just happen to be at baseball practice with my kids. Um, anyways, um, but I don't see that with kids now. And more and more it's uh it's it's emotion i see a lot of kids who can't handle their emotions and yes some of it is anger but a lot of it is 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 crying it's tears it's breaking down because something didn't go right for them or because they didn't get a hit or because they 
they got out or because they dropped a ball or because they were the pitcher on the mound when the game when we lost the game or because we played against someone they know and they wanted to beat them and then they just cried nothing crazy and i bring this up because i always tell the kids i coach and including my kids that there are times to cry and there are times not to cry a lot of times we waste our tears on things that, that are not worthy of our tears okay on people that are not worthy of our tears and i always tell these guys don't waste your tears on something so irrelevant this is something that, that should be driving you to be better not something that's going to drive you into the corner of that bench in the dugout and crying with your hat over your head over your eyes and see and 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 this responsibility falls on us as parents. It falls on us as men that it is our job to teach our kids. If you're going to play sports, if you're going to play anything like that and you're going to compete, you have to learn to have that competitive gene. And in instances where you want to get sad and you want to break down, that's the instance where you lock down and say, I'm not going to break down. This is where I buckle down and we get it together. That falls on us. That falls on us. Because if you have a child that's that's that wants to compete and wants to get better, then there is a possibility for you to instill that mindset with them. But if they don't, they may not be cut out for sports. They may not be cut out for stuff like that. And I, I've referenced sports, but I, I you know, because it's what I do. Um, but something that I, that I also did was music. And I was very competitive with music. I was very competitive when, when, when I would go and perform out of state, when we would go on stage. You know, me and my partner would always say we wanted to make sure that we had a memorable stage performance, that we were in sync with each other. Uh, with backing each other up on vocals, with uh, introductions, with things that we were talking about, with crowd interaction, with all that. I was very competitive. I didn't like when we had a bad show and then some, I'll say it, some no-name got on stage and rocked it and we looked like a joke and we were the headliners. That used to, they used to bother me and that goes back to that competitive gene. Especially, I was doing hip-hop, so hip-hop is competitive. Anybody who knows hip-hop, or if you're listening and you do hip-hop, you know hip-hop is very competitive. It's just what it is. It's not like country music. It's not like, it's not like rock or R&B or anything like that or reggae. Hip-hop is, is, is basically a sport. It's competitive. And that's the same mentality I had with that. I wanted to make sure that when people left our shows that they were talking about us and that we that we stole the show. And if we didn't do that, I wasn't happy about it. Competitive gene. If you have it, you take it everywhere you go. Even in work.
Yeah, a lot of you guys listening right now, you're probably at your nine to five right now. Maybe you're trying to get that promotion or maybe you're trying to get a, a different position at your job and there's somebody that you don't think is worthy of that position, but they applied for it as well. And, and that competitive side is coming out of you. Like, I'm going to take that position. I'm not going to let that dude take me out of my, that's, that position's mine. I'm not going to let him knock me out of my spot. That's the competitive gene that I'm talking about. You take it everywhere you go. Everything you do in life is competitive. <laughs> I, I joke all the time with people, and I'm not kidding you. I'm being 100% real. I got asked to play on a, on a softball team uh, for both a men's league and then a co-ed team. You know, that's just what people our age do. You know what I mean? And I told both of these teams, I said, no, I can't do it. I said, because I'm too busy, you know, trying to run my uh, my business and 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 do this podcast and coach my kids and, and coach this other team that I'm coaching and and doing the furniture stuff that I do. Um, I'm too busy, I said, and I know me. If I play, I'm going to be the guy who's out there doing way too much for my age. Why? Because I don't know how to play at 50 percent i'm either gonna play or i'm not gonna play um and that that may have some of you guys laughing because you're like man softball's kind of like beer league stuff and you're right it is beer league stuff i know i played softball for a long time um but i played on teams that were very competitive and and i realized i can't do this once i became a father i was like i'm like i can't do this because i'm gonna get out here and this is gonna own me and it's not making me any money. In fact, it's actually taking time out of my life that I could be spending with my kids, that I could be spending trying to get my business off the ground and whatnot. So I stopped. I also have a partner of mine who uh, whose son plays with my son. He's a golfer. And he's, you know, he's fell in love with golf and he's been trying to look for a partner to, to golf with. And he is on my line all the time about golfing. He says, come on, Ray, I know you'd love it, man. I think you'd be good at it. You know, you played baseball and blah, 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 blah. He goes, and I can teach you. And I said, you know what? I can't do it. He's like, why? I said, for the same reason I don't play play uh, softball. Because I know me. I don't really have a desire to play golf, but I have a feeling that once I start playing golf, I'm going to have to go get the clubs, the bag, the shoes, the gloves. Every, I'm going to have to get everything. Why? Because I am not going to quit that sport until I fully understand it, grasp the concept of it, and then get good at it. And I can't. I don't have time for that right now. Maybe when I get older, I will. But right now, I don't have the time for it. I can't do that because right now, my focus is on my kids' sports and getting them through high school and and through their last year of Little League and travel ball, and then getting them uh, past high school and maybe playing some college ball and then some. That's my goal. That's that's what I'm focused on right now. I'm not focused on, you know, golfing for me and doing all that stuff. That's not, that's not something I want to be doing. And he said, oh, no, I hear you. I understand. Um, I'll share another story with you. I used to bowl, man. I was a... a conv <laughs> A competitive bowler to where I would actually I had the bag with all the extra balls and you know the, the shoes the you name it I had it whatever equipment the tape the powder I had all the stuff and even took uh, 
tournament trips to other cities on buses, chartered buses, and would bowl side by side with actual pro bowlers that would teach us. And at one point I thought when I was in high school that I would actually, uh, was going to be a bowler and, and make some money. <laughs> I, I'm telling you no lies, guys. When I tell you I have the competitive gene, I am not lying to you. Everything that I do, I compete or I don't do it at all. I'm sharing all this stuff with you because I just, if someone is listening and hearing what I'm saying, maybe you coach, maybe you have kids, maybe you're struggling with this with your own kids, or maybe you're coaching and you're having a hard time getting through to some of these kids. It starts at home, man. Um, like I said, I don't think you can, I don't think you can uh, give somebody or teach somebody that competitive gene unless they actually want to be competitive. If they want to, I think you can. But for the most part, if they don't want to, you can't just teach them that. And they got, and honestly, I feel like you got to be born with it. You know? And if you're not born with it, it's definitely with how you're raised. And if you're raised in a tough environment um, to where you're always being put up against the wall and, and being tested, I think that'll help you. Um, It starts at home, it starts with mom, it starts with dad, it starts with them not babying them, it starts with them letting them fall and feeling a little bit of pain to understand what it feels like. It starts with them understanding that, hey, like, and this is a saying that I always tell the kids I coach, including mine, hey, are you injured or are you hurt? And they look at me confused and I said, if you're injured, you can't play anymore, you gotta go to the doctor. If you're hurt, then you can shake it off and you can play. Now, are you injured or are you hurt? And part of that, the reason why I say that is because um, a lot of kids, the minute something happens to them, they, they fall on the ground, they start crying, and they say, oh man, the world's over, I'm hurt, oh my God, this hurts really bad. And you know, it's usually dramatic. When this happens, I don't run out to them on the field. In fact, I actually jog. Just kidding. No, I don't run. I don't jog. I walk. And the reason why I walk is because I give them time to kind of go through their emotions. And then when I get there, I ask them, are you okay? Breathe. Okay. Can you get to a knee? Get to a knee. Can you move? What is your hand, your ankle, your knee? What is it? Slowly move it. Okay. Is it moving? There's a lot of pain. Can you move it? I do the, you know, the very simple checks and then I say, okay, are you injured or are you hurt? What do you mean, coach? What do you mean, dad? Well, if you're injured, something's broken or you can't play anymore. You got to come out of the game. You got to go home, go to the doctor. Oh no, I'm just hurt. Okay. So you can still play? Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's dust it off. You want to come out for this play and get a runner so you can put some ice on or something, they will usually say, no, I'm good. It takes a lot of that. It takes, and this is going to be a tough one for some people, some parents to listen to and to follow. It takes you not going and complaining to a coach about how come my son comes out or how come my daughter comes out of the game um, and these, and, and they were doing fine. Or how come 
my son or my daughter plays this position when I want them to play this position? Or how come it feels like you favor this kid over my kid? All of that has to stop. And you may say, well, no, I'm, that's my job as a parent. I'm going to speak up and stand up for my kid. No, that is where you teach, especially if they're around my kid's age, which are 12, 13, 14. You start teaching your kids to speak up. Hey, if you have a question, you go to the coach like you would go to your teacher and ask. Hey, coach, I'm curious. Why haven't I pitched? Or can I pitch? Or what's it going to take for me to pitch? Or, hey, um... I'd like to play center field. So-and-so always plays center field. It takes us teaching our children to be strong enough to ask those tough questions to the coaches. We as parents have to pull back and let these kids learn, okay? Rejection is not a scary thing. They have to learn. They're not always going to get their way, okay? And that's also going to teach them to be... to be um, direct in what they want and not to run to mom and dad and complain. Instead, when they come to you, they say, hey, mom, or hey, dad, guess what? I talked to Coach Ray today. Um, I asked him about playing center field, um, and he gave me a good answer, but he also told me, hey, on next Thursday, I can, I can play center field with the other kid and, and try to battle it out and get my position so I could earn it if I want it. You hear what I said? Earn it. Competitive gene. It makes them compete. You want something, nothing's going to be given to you. You make them compete for it. Okay? Um, and then, honestly, when you see your child showing emotion, you have to nip it in the butt when it's unnecessary emotion. Listen, I'm not some hard ass who doesn't think kids should cry or people shouldn't cry. Shit, man, you guys, I've cried on this podcast plenty of times. I'm not saying it's not good to show emotion. I'm not saying that you shouldn't show emotion. I'm saying that there are some things to be emotional about and there are some things to not be emotional about. And there are some things that your kids should understand. This isn't a crying moment. This is a learning moment. This is a toughen up moment. This is a moment that we get better and we learn. That's what this moment is. That's what we as parents need to teach our kids. So they're not falling apart when things get hard because that is what's happening. Listen, we had games when I was a kid, okay? We had the Nintendo, we had the Atari, we had all that stuff, okay? The GameCube, all that stuff. But I know for a fact, there's so many more distractions now. You got, you know, you got the uh, PlayStation 5, you got the um, Xbox, you got the computers, you got the iPads, you got the phones, you got Everything that is a distraction, everything that's going to keep you from going outside. And at some point, that has to be regulated so you can teach your kid to be strong under adverse times. It's not easy. And listen, this may not be for everybody, okay? There are people probably listening where, hey, my kids don't play sports. Um, they're into gaming or they're into this or, and that's fine. This is for who it's for. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so competitive gene, man, it's, uh, it's something that it's not just with sports, it's with life that if you take it and use it the right way, <clears throat> it can benefit you, but it, it can also 
uh, it, it can also hurt you because there are some people who have that competitive gene who have, you know, piss poor attitudes and are always being ousted from wherever they're at, whether it be a job, whether it be a coaching job, whether it be whatever it is, they're being ousted. I see it all the time in coaching. I see it with other coaches. I see it with parents in the stands. I see it with, I mean, th th this last game I had, um, I had one of my assistant coaches, um, I stopped the game and I asked one of my assistant coaches to ask the umpire to ask for help at home plate on a call that was made because I thought the kid slid under the bag and was safe, but they called him out. And I asked her to say, do me a favor, ask the umpire behind second to converse with the home plate umpire to see if he got the same call, just to find out. And I had people in the stands over there, oh, he's out, he's out. He got tagged, this and that. And I looked up and I said, that's cool, but you're not umpires. I'm talking to the umpires. This is what I'm talking about. That's where the competitive gene can also get you in trouble because parents don't need to be saying all that. I'm a parent. You know what I do in a situation like that? I walk away. I may be mumbling stuff in my head, but I walk away because I know how competitive I am. I don't want to look like that guy whose kid's playing and I'm chiming in and, and, and interrupting the game. I let the coaches do that. And if I if they don't get the call, then you know whatever. I'm a dad. I you know I have emotions. I get a little pissed off. But one thing I'm not gonna do is embarrass myself. Okay. So, anyways, man, that's really all I had. Um, kind of just going off on a tangent. That's kind of what happens when I do my rucks, man. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I forgot to give you all my intro stuff, but it is what it is. Uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram at it's Ray Molina. That is also my TikTok. And the Perfect Mess podcast is on Instagram as well, at the Perfect Mess Pod. My website is raymolina.com. Um, I've got a lot of new merchandise on there. There's a lot of different versions of T-shirts that are available now. Um, I've got some new Beast or Famine T-shirts. Um, I've got all kinds of stuff in there. Um, I'll have a lot more merchandise coming in the next few days. Uh, so please check out the website. Again, raymolina.com. And uh, buy something. Uh, what else? Uh, YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or whatever you're listening to me on, hit follow, subscribe, share, comment, review. Um, and then if you're on YouTube watching, uh, hit the subscribe subscribe button. And that little bell in the corner, hit the bell uh, for notifications and you will get notified anytime I put a video up like this or a short or anything that I do, you'll get a notification. And if you like it, please share it. All right. Uh, that's pretty much all I have. Um, I appreciate you guys so much for your support. I uh, love you guys. Uh, again, this is the Perfect Mess Podcast, episode 100. And like I always say, my life isn't perfect. Oftentimes it's a mess. But for me, it is the perfect mess. Peace. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. Perfect mess is my perfect mess